Welcome to Anime Out of Context, a comedy review show hosted by a basement dweller who grew up scrounging terrible fan subs on sketchy websites prior to the convenience of modern streaming, alongside a willfully ignorant soul whose only knowledge of anime comes from the shows forced upon him here. This show will contain spoilers, incorrect information, and copious amounts of adult language. Our hosts are not experts on any topic, and everything they say should be taken with a grain of salt. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I do not feel holly and jolly, no, I feel much more like Santa's evil twin, Xanta. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. I still can't believe that's real. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sean? Yep. Can I bring something up with you? Uh, sure. So, um, thing, things have been a bit rough for a certain state, right? Um, good I mean, old Texas. Texas has been having a rough time. Yes, yes, yes. And I was contacted by one of our listeners, and and they had a request for me, Sean. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. They they wanted me to honor the people of Texas. They wanted me to support the people of Texas uh, through what they are going through. Uh, And, and, you know, some people have raised millions. Some people are, are visiting homes. Providing water, heat, comfort. Um, we don't have the resources to do any of that, Sean. Rem, this is about to get very insulting, isn't it? But this person, they reached out to me and they said, I know the solution. What the people of Texas need, they need a, a, a boost in morale. And you can help do that, Remington. And I thought, well, shit, this is a great opportunity, Sean. Oh, God. And so, I, think I know what's coming. Oh, no. Tis the season. Uh... It's April Fool's, my boy. <laughs> No! It is uh, an April Fool's to support Texas. And once again, I I don't know why it's happened every time. People will argue, oh, you haven't shown Sean any real anime, right? (sighs) And and I resent that because I feel like I've shown nothing but. I feel like anime. I'm I feel like I'm in Armageddon and I'm just watching the meteor slowly coming because I know what's coming. I can feel it in my <laughs> bones. I feel it in my loins. I know what it is. I know exactly what it is because if it's not this, your build up and setup doesn't make any goddamn sense. Because much like much like everything you've shown me, the only thing that this anime is gonna end up being pro is fucking pro pain, isn't it? <laughs> And with that, Sean, we are watching King of the Hill this week. I can read you like a fucking book, you prick. <laughs> so, uh, many people may not be familiar with uh, King of the Hill. That great, uh, that great anime produced by by Fox. And oh god, uh, <laughs> it's a slice of life anime. Mm. It, it follows a family. The main character, Hank Hill, uh, it's an older protagonist. You very rarely get. Uh, older protagonists in a lot of anime, I find. Um, but yeah, pre- pretty standard everyman type character. He has the family. Uh, he he works at uh, he, he works with propane, uh, and he, he definitely wants you to know and appreciate that propane. Uh, he he has lovely children and a lovely wife, uh, as well as a lovely cast of of friends. John. Um, and you know, uh, it's based in, in Texas, which, you know, uh, unusual f- for, uh, for an anime, but I don't think it's unheard of. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, if, except for the part where it's not an anime, but you know, that's, you know, neither part? here nor there. Wait, excuse me? No. Mm. What do you mean? I mean, oh, it's animated. Like you're, you're making steps in the right direction, my man. But, uh, I don't, I don't think Hank Hill counts as a waifu. 
I don't I don't know if that is something I'm willing to commit to. All right. So I you, you had me doubting for a minute, right? Um but apparently um King of the Hill has been voted best anime. Mm. mm. I'm going to go um, with no on that. I'm 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 looking at a at a forum is King of the Hill an anime? Of course it is. Obviously, um follow your heart. It's up to you to decide. It it really seems it really seems like people believe. Is it the best anime? I don't know. Maybe Cory in the house. There could be some disagreements. Uh, but <sighs> I, I'm, I think we can all agree that it's between between these two, right? Uh, and, and so, Sean, King of the Hill has a special place in my heart. You've never seen an episode of it, have you? <laughs> <laughs> that is quite an accusation. Assuming that I would not do the research that the people of Texas deserve on an anime that I was requested and that I have specifically crafted an episode for, for you, to say that I've never seen an episode. But I'm I right, aren't definitely, I? I can say without a doubt that I have seen King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah? You've seen pictures and of King of the Hill. You've seen the memes. You've seen the screen caps, I'm sure. As I've always said, clarification is unnecessary. <laughs> I think we don't need to delve deeper. We can just accept the claim for what it is. Uh, I, I've seen the, the turkey clip. That's a great one. That's a lovely little clip. Um, seen some great Bobby moments, you know? Uh, and, and I think I, let me put it this way, Sean. I've seen enough to know the heart and the spirit of King of the Hill and to know enough that this is what a, a nice cold Texas needs to warm its soul. This, I feel like this is a very backhanded thing to do to the poor people of Texas. <laughs> Excuse me? Pardon me? Fox and Boy specifically requested it. Is Fox and Boy a Texan? We'll say he is. Why not? <laughs> if he's not, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. So, uh, uh, seriously though, my heart our hearts go out to the people of Texas, and if you can support them in any way, please do, for the love of God. Because apparently this is how we're going to do it. <laughs> So, Sean, uh, it, it's not often that April Fool's comes around. So, uh, a question arises. How many episodes are, are you going to have to watch? That's a great question. I mean, if you had seen the series, you probably would have been able to give me a well-educated amount of episodes that would tell me exactly, you know, a good amount that was an introduction to the show, so I have a good feeling of how the show feels and goes. But something tells me it's going to be a bit more arbitrary than that. <laughs> Pardon me, Sean? So, if it was arbitrary, it would be very easy for me to say, hey, there's 12 episodes in season one. How easy to just make you watch those episodes? Hmm. Um, hmm. But, hmm. no, I want to get a little bit experimental, Sean. Uh-huh. So, Sean. Yes? Are you feeling lucky? Oh, fuck. Ah, oh, fuck. Rem, I have DM's luck. You know I'm never feeling <laughs> lucky. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll tell you what, John. Uh, I'm assuming you have a D20 somewhere close by because you are you. Yep. Uh, I would like you to roll that D20 and tell me what you get. No modifiers on this one. No. Just, just honestly tell me. No shit, that's a natural one. <laughs> oh, God, I'll even send you All a picture right, of it. So I, I was going, if, if you were anything above a five, you were probably going to get the five best and five worst episode. Um, but if you if you got higher than a, a 15, I was going to give you just the 10 best episodes of King of the Hill. Because you got a natural one, I need you to watch what has been voted and deemed the 10 worst episodes 
of King of the Hill. Oh, so we're get, raising an even bigger middle finger to the people of Texas. <laughs> Not so because based on the narrative that you pre- presented for me, King of the Hill is a very uh, time-honored, beloved classic amongst the te- people of Texas. You know, Wait, it makes their hearts soar the and happy. Episodes. So rather than even the even the bad episodes will be high quality. That show has been going on. That show went on for like a decade, Rem, if not longer. <laughs> I there's bound to be some god awful episodes. I feel like I feel like this is an insult. This is this is this is heresy. I mean, you should have rolled better. I you, have DMs you... luck. <laughs> if you if you properly loved the people of Texas, you would have fudged the roll. <laughs> I am an honest lad. I sent you that picture. <laughs> I am not, I do not fucking fudge my dice rolls. How dare you, sir? How fucking dare you? So, um, I I will let you choose the order. Would you like to watch the 10 worst chronologically or, uh, in order from, uh, best to worst? (laughs) I mean, if I don't watch them chronologically, how am I going to keep track of the story, Rem? A good question I've yet to even touch on. Sean, have you ever seen any King of the Hill? Of course fucking not. Of course not. (laughs) I was like two or three when it originally aired. Uh, and and even then, you know, it didn't interest me because guess what? I'm a freaking otaku anime lover. It wasn't the thing uh, high on my priority list. The most I've seen is the amazing uh, Pokemon animation where it's Hank Hill and his Butterfree. And that is probably it. And that, and of course, all of the memes. Like, I I basically only know the show through memes. I uh, I can't attest to its quality. All I know is that the guy says, whoa, sometimes, and god dang it, Bobby. That's all I know. That's all I know. I know there's propane. There's some propane accessories. Hey, Bobby, guy, guy, oh, god, god dang it, Bobby. Joey Wheeler. All I know is, and I think, I think Bobby sounds like he has a, uh, like, I don't know, some kind of throat cancer. I'm okay, Dad. That's what he sounds like. I'm pretty damn sure, sir. That was actually a pretty good Bobby. (laughs) Oh, God. So, you know, I, I don't know, Rem. I, all I know is I'm hungry. I haven't eaten today. I was planning on showing you an anime, but no, no, no. Now we're we're doing this bastardization of a charity episode, and I have to watch King of the Fucking Hill. Yeah. And not even the good ones. <laughs> yeah. I, fuck me. I I. The only other thing I know about King of the Hill, Rem. The only other thing, aside from the memes, aside from the, some of the voices, is that. There's like one instance of one recipe made by the wife that's just spaghetti and meatballs, and she calls it spapeggy and meatballs. That's all I know. <laughs> that is your knowledge. That's all you need to know, Sean. And I, I've watched the need. Binging with Babbage video on it, and it looked pretty good. <laughs> I mean, you know, I like a nice simple spaghetti from time to time, you know, with the big meatballs, you know, and lots of that cheap charm- parmesan. It's very good. It's very, reminds me of home. Unfortunately, I don't think this show will remind me of home because I don't know what I'm getting into. Like, I, there's so many people who like are devout to it who love it but for all i know it could have been ironic this whole time i have no idea 
<laughs> Only one way to find out about it, and that is to explore the 10 worst episodes of King of the Hill. You're welcome, Texas! I'm gonna kill myself. Oh, God. And we are back after watching 10 episodes, the worst 10 episodes of the greatest anime of all time, according to many, King of the Hill. Uh, so, so Sean, how, how, are, how are you feeling, bud? You know, were you aware, Ren, that this show was running for 13 years? <laughs> like, um, I, a little I knew... more than that, actually. 13 seasons, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew that it was very long running, but it was only when I compiled episodes for you to watch that I saw, like, that it was indeed 13 seasons. Uh, interestingly, I should note, um, the, the, the earliest episode that you had to watch, Sean, was mm -hmm. the literal halfway point of the entire series. So all 10 of the episodes you watched happened in the latter half of King of the Hills run. You know, that says a lot about long-running comedy shows, doesn't it? <laughs> Oh, uh, and here we are going on three goddamn years. Yep. And this is how <laughs> this is how you decided to celebrate, which is an interesting choice. Uh, uh, so, so, Sean, should should we just jump right in? Yeah. You know what? Sure. Sure. Uh, and to all those uh, those King of the Hill stands out there. <laughs> Uh, just know that this is the first real interaction with the show I've ever had, and it was with the highly, like, debated worst episodes of the series. Yeah, and if anybody is wondering how I decided on the 10 worst, it was a combination of, like, IMDb ratings, uh, a lot of personal rankings that I found, uh, wh whatever episodes consistently showed up on, like, the worst episode ever lists. Uh, I, I tried to capture uh, both the quantitative and qualitative factors that make the worst King of the Hill episodes. Uh, and uh, the earliest worst King of the Hill episode is Goodbye Normal Jeans, Season 7, Episode 4. Yeah, and just a point of order, you didn't watch any of these episodes, right? <laughs> Not a single one of them, Sean. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a synopsis I, open at least? I, I do, yes. I have a synopsis open so I can uh, sort, sort of follow along. But uh, th this is going to be my first introduction to King of the Hill. Not, not watching the episodes, but hearing Sean talk about the episodes. Yeah, so normally I'd like to get into the nitty-gritty details of these things. You know, I, I, like, to, I like to take my time breaking down, uh, you know, the deep-seated analytical side of a show, you know, because I like to think that <laughs> people who make television and animation especially, which takes way more time, uh, that they would, you know, put a lot of thought and effort into the majority of what goes into it. Uh, like, for example, uh, hey, Rem, yeah. tell me something. When should you make a show animated? Um, you usually, uh, the, the, the go-to answer, like, would be if, if there's something that is impossible to do in reality, um, though, though you can also do it for like strong stylistic choices right. as well. So right. I, would, I would say th those would be the two things, uh, that which is difficult to get through with reality or for highly stylistic choices. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to come out with a bold claim out the gate. <laughs> I would yeah. say for a good 70% of the show, based on what I've seen, uh, this show probably didn't need to be animated. <laughs> 
And that's not me saying that the show shouldn't have existed. I mean, it's fine that it exists. The problem is, I thought some bad anime were stiff. <laughs> and the, uh, the amount of limited animation used in this show, uh, which I suppose fits the theme of the whole thing, is a bit stark in contrast like occasionally occasionally something absurd and strange will happen and it'll get a chuckle out of me which is nice you know i, I come to a comedy show expecting to laugh of course but when a good 28 percent of your show is literally just four guys standing in an alleyway uh, <laughs> with like very minimal movement i i'm not entirely certain this needed to be an animated series uh, when we get into some of the absurd, absurd stuff that I'm going to talk about, it, it'll make sense. But that's just going to be my my overarching feel that I got from this show. Because it, it has that strong mid-90s sitcom energy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but hey, Sean, who says you need any of, like, strong stylistic decisions or strong symbolism or, or, or crazy, wacky, zany plot lines? This is about... Uh, about a regular everyman and a regular family uh, living their lives in Texas, Sean. Yes. They're just old ordinary folk. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, ordinary ordinary conservative folk, because that's what I want to watch shows about. Uh, (laughs) But, so, I... I, I'm not going to get into super heavy detail with each of these episodes. I'm just going to kind of cover some of the highlights and a basic synopsis of each one. So the first one, Goodbye Normal Jeans, uh, is, I'd say, an okay introduction to the show, and it really helped me solidify which character I hate the most. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm interested to hear because... Uh, okay, so there, I would say that there are two characters who are very often hated more than the others yeah, uh, and, within the family. And I'm going to, yeah, within the family specifically is what I'm going to yes, go with. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, so statistically, it's likely to be one of them. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, it's it's both the women. It's it's the girls. It, yeah, nope, it's them. It's them. I so, fucking so hate one? Peggy. I hate yeah. Peggy. <laughs> Fuck me, do I hate Peggy. This was probably the worst introduction of Peggy I could have gotten. And because of that, uh, my opinion of her is completely soured. And anytime she shows up on screen, I am a little disappointed. All right, so, so what about uh, what about Goodbye Normal Jeans made you hate Peggy so vehemently? Peggy, for those who don't know, is, is the mother of the family. Yeah, yeah, Hank's wife. Uh, yeah. And I will say the best two members of the family are Hank and Bobby, as I yeah, would have yeah. suggested. <laughs> Yep, yep. Uh, because there are some fairly fucking obvious reasons for that. One, uh, it's a good counteraction. It's good. The good, all the good humor comes from Hank and Bobby in this show, with a little bit from uh, the alleyway chums, just for some for some flavor. But no, no, we don't get much of that in this show. This this episode is it's a Thanksgiving episode, Rem. Yeah, well, aren't we thankful? I wish I was. Uh, it's a Thanksgiving <laughs> episode, and. Bobby, the the uh, awkward junior high age kid, uh, is going through home ec and having a bit of a hard time of it. And you know he comes home and asks his mom for help because I mean if you're doing home ec, you gotta ask your mom for help. Of course. And of course, uh, Hank, being an old fashioned Texas male, uh, is a bit like wary of things on the more feminine side. Like this is very traditional. Uh, yeah. I, one of the ongoing uh, conflicts throughout the entire series is that Bobby is not 
a, a super masculine boy. Uh, no, he has no. a very strong feminine side. He embraces it, uh, which makes Hank, who's very old-fashioned, a little bit uncomfortable and unsure how to handle it. He wants to support his child, uh, but he has his concerns, you know? Yes, and, and there's a good amount of comedy to be had from that. I mean, in an ironic sense. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this Hank is is uh, not super interested in the home ex side of things. Uh, but Peggy doing the good mother thing, which I didn't hate Peggy at this point. At this very beginning of the show, she was fine. She was a character. Yeah. It was okay. Uh, she shows him how to get a stain out of some jeans. Uh, out Perfect. Of, and in the process, uh, she makes a mistake and uses a, way too much bleach. Uh, and not only partially destroys the stain uh, on his homework, but also uh, Hank's favorite pair of jeans. Uh, ah, damn shame. Damn shame. Very, very sad. Very, very sad. Uh which kind of shatters Peggy's confidence a little bit. Uh, but Bobby, uh, being an ingenuitive and honestly kind of sweet-hearted kid, believe it or not, uh, decides to go all in on the home ex stuff and actually uh, starts enjoying it more. His mother inspiring him to keep going at it and trying new things is a really interesting way to uh, show a bit more character for Bobby. And yeah. he's having a good time, and so much so that he actually makes a new pair of jeans for his dad, which is really nice and sweet. And Hank actually starts to come around for the home ec thing. Seems and like a real nice feel-good episode right there. Yeah, it, it's great. Until... <laughs> <laughs> Until the conflict of the episode starts. And uh, the conflict of the, this episode is the stupidest conflict I could ever imagine in a family setting. Yeah? Uh, for lack of a better phrase, Peggy essentially feels emasculated by uh, Bobby. Yeah. Because Bobby she, is actually turning out to be really good at home ex stuff. Yeah, she, she feels uh, one-upped. She feels like uh, Bobby is sort of usurping her role. Yeah, which, y'all... If your kid is doing stuff better than you are, you're winning. <laughs> like, that's that's great. That's wonderful. And literally the whole episode is Bobby uh, doing new and creative things around Thanksgiving, uh, going as far as to even want to cook the whole Thanksgiving dinner for the family, all the while Peggy is trying to regain some of her power and position. And it's it's frustrating because it's not funny. <laughs> Like, some of the stuff around Hank and Bobby with their interactions, I got a chuckle. But every time Peggy's on screen talking about how she f feels about this whole thing, it just kind of drives things down and makes me think to myself, wait a minute, she's supposed to be the level-headed mother character in this family, right? <laughs> like, she's supposed to be kind of like the one of the balancing characters in between, you know, the very stoic and uh, set in his ways Hank Hill and the very uh, liberal and weird Bobby. And she's, yeah. she's supposed to be the middle ground, the balancing. So she's a little bit weird and a little bit uh, uh, old-fashioned. But she is acting so childish and so out of tune throughout this whole thing. <laughs> And it just solidified that I do not like her because every in every episode after this, every time she's on screen and she tries to have a good point about something, uh, I have come to realize that, wait a minute, just about every conflict that involves Peggy is always Peggy's fault. And we'll get into that. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, should, should we move on to the next episode now? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the episode ends pretty standardly. It's like Hank... Uh, realizes he wasn't treating her as well, so he makes an effort to, you know, make her feel better, which is fine and dandy and whatnot, but it, it, it just doesn't make sense. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Return to normalcy, as all cartoons must do. All right, uh, uh, so then we get to the next episode, uh, same same season, season seven, uh, but this time episode nine, Pygmalion. Uh, this Pygmalion one is fucked up. 
it is considered the darkest episode of King of the Hill. This one, it has the worst rating, but there are some super fans of it. It's the most polarizing episode, uh, but it has it has a bit of a cult following while also being regarded as, as one of the worst. Oh, don't get me wrong, Rem. It is bad. <laughs> it is very bad, but... Make no mistake, the controversy does not bring it up into anything good. <laughs> no, uh, because what it is, is it's a Halloween episode, Rem. Uh, but not really, because apparently it aired in January. Yeah, it, so it was originally going to be a season five Halloween special, but yes. it was delayed for a couple seasons. Uh, and so it became a season seven, just put it in January, I guess. Yes. And <laughs> this is the this is the episode that introduced me to my second least favorite character. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, and that would be uh, the niece of the family that just kind of shows up out of nowhere. Uh, but that's just because, you know, I'm watching this show completely out of order. <laughs> well, I mean, it's technically in or chronological order, but I have no prior history, so I didn't even know this character existed, like, through pop culture or nothing. Like, oh, yeah, I knew yeah. about the four guys in the alleyway. I even knew about the Asian neighbor. I knew about all of that. I did not know this lady existed and is apparently a main staple in the show and throughout most of these 10 episodes, as it turns out, which is a very common theme. Yeah, that that would be uh, Luann. Yes, Luann. Luann is your very typical Southern Belle dumbass. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like, thoroughly. And this whole episode centers around her, which is not great. <laughs> but let's get into it. Uh, the basic premise of this one is uh, Luann quits her job and uh, goes to a, a seminar uh, on uh, one of the biggest pork industries, uh, local pork uh, barons, I suppose you could call him. Yeah. And uh, he gets, uh, he is enamored by her and offers her a uh, interview and job. Uh, it, and it's, your, it's like your standard, like, a uh, trip who's just this big wig. He's like, all right, you're attractive. I just want, basically, like, I want you as a secretary or some bullshit. Yes, yes, yes. And, of course, there's the, like, the meta thing. It's like, oh, is this going to be a weird sex thing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or also is he actually just being genuinely nice at first? You know, it could be yeah, it could yeah. be either way. Because, I mean, King of the Hill is supposed to be a, you know, a conservative satire. So I could have seen it going either way and being fine. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely the lat. It's definitely the weird sex thing. But, yeah. uh, it, it And the episode is literally just... A back and forth between Luann and Peggy, my least favorite characters. Yep. Uh, Luann encouraging her to go with this guy to get this job. And then Luann backpedaling throughout the rest of the episode, telling her that it's a horrible idea. Meanwhile, uh, no, excuse me, mean Peggy backpedaling. And then Luann is the one who is uh, uh, fully enamored by this guy. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a horror episode, so it's literally just escalating uh, up to the point where she lives in the mansion with him in his big scary pig mansion, and they're like little not so subtle hints of him being completely psychotic, uh, all to yeah. the point where he completely changes her appearance to match the mascot of his pig company. <laughs> yup. Which, yeah. Which is it, it which, is a choice. It is a a choice that I did not want to have been made, and, and it turns out. Uh, that he, the main reason that he hired her was, of course, a weird sex thing, uh, because he wanted to, he wanted her to look like the girl in the photo, and you'd assume, you'd assume that he'd want to be like the guy in the photo as well, the male mascot, but no, yeah. no, no, what he wanted, Rem, and get this, <laughs> get this, he wanted her to be the girl in the, in the, uh, in the, in the art. Yep, yep. And he wanted to be the pig in the art. <laughs> 
Hey, if you can have cat girls, then we can have pig boys, okay? I have seen some good pig boys in my time. This is not one of them. <laughs> no, it, it's it's more of a, like, pig-like supervillain? Yeah, is what I'd call it. And it's on it's set on Halloween, so it's like, oh, it's just his costume. No, no, no. 100%, this man fucks pigs. <laughs> and that, because he wants to be a pig, is his whole, like, weird crazy serial killer psychosis. Uh, and it boils over to a conflict where he's trying to, uh, where she's trying to run away from him, and uh, she runs to one of his local slaughterhouses, which just happened to be on the mansion property, because, you know, that's how that works. Yeah, I mean, as you do. And I'll tell you right now, Rem, this was the most amusing ending of the ten episodes you watched because <laughs> of how stupid and fucked up it is. It's pretty fucked up. Because, literally, it's a cartoon scenario where they're on a conveyor belt of a slaughterhouse, and right at the very end, uh, it, w barely escaping the clutches of the psychotic pig fucker, um, the pig fucker straight up gets turned into sausage through the slaughterhouse machine. Yeah, yeah, and like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's just how that goes down. Yeah, no, he, he dies, and then the episode ends. Yeah. It's one of the That's very it. few, uh, very few episodic, like, actual deaths, uh, it, it's, and in a, a super fucked up way. Yeah, yeah, no, like, it did not fit the tone of the show at all. Uh, which is part of why I enjoyed it, but that's just because I'm a dark, sadistic bastard. Uh, but that's enough of that one. Uh, quickly moving to the next one. Uh, new Cowboy on the Block. Yep. Ep this season one. eight, episode three. We're in a new season now. Yes. Uh, this is dumb. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because uh, right. it's literally a a washed out uh, Cowboys player, uh, no, no. Dallas Cowboys, because you know Texas. Yeah, uh, that's a football team for all of you other weeb's out there who didn't know that. Because <laughs> it's not just a random cowboy from no, Dallas. no, 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 no. It's not. It's not a washed up Clint Eastwood. It's literally. Oh, that'd be great though. That uh, well, we have movies like that, and they are much more violent. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, this super fat, washed up, stereotypical jock uh, ex football player shows up on the block hank is enamored because you know why wouldn't he be yeah uh, it's, and it's like a, a sports guy you know that, that's incredible they're around they're they they're in your life now exactly until it escalates to the sports guy being an absolute dick because guess what guys a lot of athletes are actually pricks <laughs> uh, no offense to to the actually decent human beings who are all, also athletic and wonderful, but generally speaking, a good amount of professional athletes are not nice people. I, I think it's a general rule. Don't let athletic prowess or, or talent in any other area get in the way from uh, being a good person. It, it's not an excuse to be uh, a shit. Just because you are talented or good at something doesn't mean that that's okay. Uh, you still need to be a good person on top of that. Yeah, and uh, this fat fella is not. Uh, I forget his name. It's like Willie or something. Yeah, Willie. Yeah, Willie starts out being a, the cool, like, hey, this guy was in the Super Bowl and is leveraging all of his coolness to just get away with criminal shit. <laughs> like, he cuts, some, he cuts the neighbor's phone lines at one point because, you know, they asked him to turn down his music and go the fuck to sleep. And it all ends just with him get uh, Hank finally getting fed up with him, which takes a while because yep, you know yep. once you're enamored with somebody, it's hard to look past the rose-colored glasses wait, to get rid of them. Let let me let me like translate for the weebs. Uh, it, it's like if you met Hatsune Miku in real life, but she was a total prick. Uh, and I I don't know even how many of you would acknowledge her being an asshole. Uh, at any point. 
Uh, you might just keep simping. Too many of you would just keep simping. Don't simp for assholes. This is true. Unless. <laughs> All right, so there's so a really how, good how this... deal going on. <laughs> so how, but... how does this conflict resolve itself, Sean? Oh, I mean, they can't get rid of him because the cops are obviously on his side, which is weirdly relevant today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they had no proof. And uh, Hank riles up Willie, and Willie punches him in the face uh, wearing his Super Bowl championship ring, which leaves a perfect Super Bowl championship impression on Hank's face. (laughs) And they use that to blackmail him to get out of his house within two weeks. (laughs) Well, see, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, which... Okay, cool, cool. Uh, that's that episode. No, nothing super crazy aside from that. Yeah, happens. yeah, pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, so then we move to season nine, episode six. Uh, this is a name the the Patriot Act, the Petrio Act. Uh, the Patriot Act, because it's a pun okay, cool. on the Patriot Act. Well, I, I know uh, it's a pun on the Patriot Act. I just didn't know if yeah. there were like characters named. No, no, Patriot. no, no, no. Because Ren, this is a very stupid concept, but it's probably one of the better concepts uh, of oh, these okay, episodes. I okay. would say. Uh, basically. One of the uh, one of the four fellas, um, it, one of Hank's four, uh, you know, proper Texan American uh, cohorts. Yeah, uh, one, Bill, one of the Alley Boys, name. as you have yes. deemed them. Yes, the Alley Boys, uh, which is a great boy band. <laughs> <laughs> Hank and the Alley Boys. I'd 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 listen to it. Oh my god! I so, mean, if there yeah. can be a Ned Flanders boy band or heavy metal band, I forget oh what my it god. is. Yeah, then I mean, I, it, why it can't works, there be a King of the Hill like boy band? I, it's I'd true. Like it's true. So yeah, we uh, we have Bill who uh, who's the one yeah, who gets the pet. Yeah, Bill. Bill describing Bill Remington. He's kind of he's kind of the stupidest of the group, but he's also kind of the softest of the group. He has like a really dumb Southern accent, and he just kind of likes to you know make jokes and hug his friends and be. He, he's, he's a he's simple the, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he volunteers at uh, with a, a VA pet program where essentially for a limited amount of time a uh, a, a VA uh, a uh, excuse me a uh, soldier's pets will be uh, in his care for a while uh, and Very all he kind. has to do is take care of the pet's specific needs and make sure it's a well taken care of animal and Hank sees how great this animal is it's a really awesome awesome golden retriever dog that just knows all kinds of tricks and is very intelligent and is very good and it's just, it's a good good dog I loved that dog oh, uh, great, great experience Lo- lovely yeah. dog episode yes uh, and Hank's like well I think I can do that uh, but apparently Hank actually already owns a dog which I did not know until this episode which was interesting <laughs> maybe it happened within the past season yeah it's possible but honestly i i don't i don't know because later episodes the dog does not seem to exist anymore uh <laughs> one second let, let, i'm gonna do uh a google uh i think I'm he showed up some... in one more episode after this but i i couldn't tell you okay ladybird um, yes that's the dog is, is the dog it's a big and... bloodhound and i love him uh okay yeah no they all right, so he, the appearances, they show up in a few season one episodes, uh, one season two episode, couple season three episodes. Uh, they, they they show up like very intermittently is from what I'm gathering. Ah, so it's a plot dog. It's a plot dog. <laughs> it just stays in stasis until it's needed for a specific episode idea. <laughs> yeah. Good old cool, plot cool, dog. Cool, cool, cool. And I, I thought Fry's more... dog had it rough. <laughs> Uh, I think more shows should just have a plot dog where it's like at any moment you can just introduce a dog they've had the whole time mm-hmm. um, and be like, there they are. It's relevant to the plot. Don't worry about it. They have a dog. Yeah. Fuck world building, right? Uh, 
But yeah, no, uh, Hank is enamored and volunteers to do so. Uh, but here's the conflict, Prem. The conflict is, is they were planning a family road trip vacation, a proper Texan-American style. Uh, and he had slated it to take care of the animal, the dog, uh, presumably after uh, that vacation. But as we all know, the U.S. military can be problematic, to say the least. A little bit dysfunctional, disorganized sometimes. Yeah, so uh, doing his patriotic duty, uh, he actually gets the animal early. And surprise, surprise, it's not a dog. Uh, which, they the way they set it up, Rem, is... They made you think, oh, man, it's going to be like a little chihuahua or something or like a smaller breed of dog. Uh, no, they just do a complete 180. And instead of getting a, a war hero's dog, they get a war hero's cat instead. Ah, but of course. Easy, uh, easy confusion. Yes, very, like, because apparently it was not just dogs. It was pets in general. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's a nice little subversion. I can get behind this. But then the rest of the episode is just the cat being awful, puking in shoes, and then Hank going into debt trying to make sure that it's not sick because he doesn't understand how cats work. Oh, uh, very, very relatable to to the, the the cats I have with me. Yes, yes, it's true, but it's almost like way too exaggerated for these cats. Like I've seen some very comically done cats in animation. Yeah. Uh, this one literally all it does is hiss, puke, and scratch, except for like two scenes <laughs> where it's purring in somebody's hands. <laughs> And I don't know, man, like the rest of the episode is just Hank slowly losing money to this cat because it's his patriotic duty. And eh, like conceptually, that could be great, but it's just the execution was lackluster, to say the least. Oh, OK. That, yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, and how, do, how does this episode, how do they resolve this situation with this cat? Uh, essentially, they just give the cat back. <laughs> that's a hell of a solution. I mean, there's more to it than that, but that's basically how it ends. All right, it's like, yeah, okay. hey, take the cat back. And then the the funniest bit in the thing is the very end where Bill is giving back the dog on an air, like an air cruiser. And he gets like a full 21 gun salute and like jets are flying by and the whole crew is saluting him as a war, as a hero for taking care of this dog, which I thought that was hilarious. That that probably got <laughs> the only real genuine laugh out of me. All right. So there, there's some decent moments. Yeah. No, I mean, every single one of these episodes has one or two good chuckles in it, but nothing more, nothing that I would dare to to comment on so so do you think that it's it's possible that because these are the worst ones do you think it's possible that this show overall is pretty decent or at least like the the like first half of the series do, do like you it, think it, that could be I worthwhile would, i would say it's got some solid passable humor and maybe some commentary but i don't think it's 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 so dated, Rem. Like it bleeds like '90s conservatism, like so hardcore. And I get it's supposed to be like a parody of that, but sometimes when you parody th parody things a little too well, it's a little hard to see the parody if you catch my meaning. <laughs> All right, okay. So the next episode we have, uh, interestingly, uh, it's just the very next episode, season nine, yep. episode seven, uh, Enrique Silable Differences. This episode sucks, Rem. <laughs> It's one of the worst, so I've heard. Yeah, no, no, uh, because uh, this is the first time I get to see Hank at work, which is interesting because he sells propane and propane accessories, as we all know through pop culture osmosis. Damn right. Uh, and Hank has a co-worker, Enrique. Uh, 
But Enrique has some problems, Rem. Oh, no. Yeah, Enrique's just been kicked out by his, his very volatile wife. Uh, oh, poor fella. Yeah, they've been having marital differences. And uh, all he really wants is a friend, somebody to talk to to help him pass the time and deal with, uh, you know, the loneliness of being kicked out. Because, you know, relationship difficulties are hard. Yeah, we, we, we've all been in similar situations, down on our luck, needing someone to help out. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I start feeling real bad for this guy. And he seems well enough. Uh, and, of course, Hank being, you know, old-fashioned American, uh, which is literally just like a standpoint. Uh, that's the state. Like, if you can think of what your, like, conservative grandpa would say. <laughs> yeah, that's Hank uh, th- That's basically what Hank Hill's got. Like, never never malicious, which is good. Because if there was any kind of maliciousness in this show, it would be the worst thing ever. Uh, it, but, you know, just the kind of, like, he doesn't understand the young folk type of thing. Yeah. Oh, and being the way he is, he just doesn't want anything to do with it. He just thinks that he should deal with it on his own because, you know, that's the manly thing to do. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, Fuck oh, come on. networks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on, man. I know you didn't know him before, but maybe maybe just invite him over. Have a good time. And they do. And pe- with some encouragement from Peggy, he does get to come over. And then the rest of the episode is just them trying to get rid of Enrique because he... <laughs> They find him laughing very loudly obnoxious. That is the main reason. Aw, oh, shit. They would and hate he has a, me. Yeah, and he has a bit of a... <laughs> He has a bit of a childish sense of humor. Uh, so, Rem, it'd be like if you had to come and live with me and Dylan for a while. Uh, yep, yep. But, uh, and they cannot stand him. And it's literally, the episode is literally them, the moral of the episode is, yeah, you can help a little bit, but you got to kick the guy out by the end of the day type of thing. Uh, because it literally, the end math before it gets reconciled is him banging on the door, asking to be let in for some, like, just to talk, and him crying on the porch, and then the next scene, he's in the car with his wife. (laughs) It makes no goddamn sense, and... Then the episode ends just with the, their relationship going back to normal and just being being work acquaintances. Uh, and Hank smiles, and the scene ends. Uh, I don't I don't think I have to explain why that's obnoxious. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that it sounds sounds like um one one of the lesser ones. Yeah, um, no, and I mean, there's some things about a driveway that Enrique fucks up every once in a while, but it, it's a repeating joke that doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, okay. um, let's move on to season ten, episode fourteen, Hank's bully okay so this uh, this episode rem this episode is really dumb (laughs) (laughs) Uh, seems to be a bit of a recurring theme with a lot of these yeah it's definitely it's it's trying to be a commentary episode i've come Mm -hmm. to realize uh on the subject of raising your kids properly okay yeah yeah makes sense uh and by the way a staggering number of these episodes start with a new neighbor moving in weirdly enough (laughs) lots of neighbors coming around i i've, I've learned what one thing that also that the just the king of the hill fan base doesn't like is when a character is randomly introduced to exist in one episode and never again uh um, based on based which, on this episode i think that's exactly what happens yes uh it, it has happened in quite a few of the episodes that you had to watch uh because people a lot of king of the hill fans thought that it made them a bit pointless uh among other critiques Oh, yeah, no, I have plenty of those critiques. <laughs> uh, but the basic premises of this is a new family moves in, and they actually seem pretty nice this time. You know, based on all the other ones I've seen so far, it's like, oh, okay, so maybe there's some nice neighbors and the conflict will be a bit more interesting. Lovely. No, 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 the the conflict here is that the new neighbor's kid is a dick and the parents do nothing about it. Hmm. Uh, so much of a dick, in fact, that he decides to bully the grown-ass man that is Hank. <laughs> As you do. Yeah, which... 
could be funny, but here's the thing. The kid's game is weak. <laughs> like, it is worse than most Stephen King villains. Yeah, yeah. Um... Like, the, like his, his insulting nickname for Hank Hill <laughs> is Dusty Old Bones. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, cut steep. Cut yeah, steep. Which I feel like... I feel like that could be used in a vastly different scenario to be effective, but to insult, you know, a very deadpan, dry humor man, I feel like it just doesn't work. And it's literally just the episode of this kid terrorizing Hank and Hank not doing a damn thing about it. And I don't know, I'm not saying you should punch children. (laughs) I'm definitely not saying that. But we have already endorsed the the dramatical concept of child murder very often on this show. Yeah, and we don't endorse that either. But I'm just saying, if this kid happened to be punched by Hank Hill, I don't think I would have hated it. <laughs> Not because he's a well-written, hateable character, but just because the behavior he has is liable to get him punched by just about anybody. Oh, God. Oh. Uh, and that's that's the episode. And the episode ends just with uh, liter- Hank having his son Bobby terrorize the kid's parents. That, well, there you go. Yeah, because fighting fire with fire is always the way to solve conflict. Uh, <laughs> it's the ideal way. Yeah, and at the end, they scold the kid, and the kid goes off, and then I assume we never see these characters again. So that's that episode done. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, we, we get no episodes in season 11. Nope. Uh, instead, we jump to season 12 with season 12, episode 3, The Powder Puff Boys. Okay, this one, this one's going to get complicated, Rem. <laughs> Perfect. That's how I like my King of the Hill commentary. Very complicated. Yeah, because this is definitely another commentary one with a decent amount of humor, I guess. Uh, But literally the whole premise of this is Bobby, uh, which I haven't gotten enough Bobby in this, I will say. No, no, but now you get a very Bobby-centric episode. Yes, and the whole premise is uh, Bobby gets conscripted into the long-running small-town tradition of the Powderpuff Boys, which are just, you know, cross-dressing cheerleaders for the uh, for the girl local girls' football team. Which, you know what? A little silly, but I can see where they're going with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, they, it's played for laughs on bo- all sides of things, and it's apparently a long-running, like, town tradition, uh, which I like. Okay, cool. It's a bit strange, but as long as it's all in good fun and it's not actually stumped, on anybody's emotions, then great, it's fine, it's cool. Uh, here's the thing, though. (laughs) (laughs) At first, Bobby doesn't want anything to do with it, uh, but then he realizes that, hey, wait a minute, this could actually be kind of fun and wholesome and entertaining. Uh, but then, out of nowhere, Peggy... God damn Peggy, uh, Peggy. joins the PTA and they all agree in the PTA that uh, the Powder Puff Boys thing is completely offensive and should be shut down immediately, even though literally everybody but like the people in that room think it's fine, which there's two problems with this thing. Uh, The first problem is the problem that the show is trying to tell you that, hey, wait a minute, this isn't causing any harm. Uh, Why should they interfere with this and shut this down? I mean, it's just for all in good fun. Um, But the second problem is it is 2020 remington <laughs> it is indeed and gender roles have gone uh gone uh, a long way since since good old yeah. ancient uh 2007 <laughs> yes and i feel like i feel like there are some things in here that i am not qualified to comment on <laughs> 
that's a, reasonable. As a straight white male, uh, I just feel like there. It's not much, but there's like a couple <laughs> jokes here and there that feel like they're pushing things just a little too far in terms of what's okay. Uh, and don't get me wrong. Any any notable examples where you think they they potentially crossed a line that you can recall? I mean, I mean the last joke of the show comes to mind. Uh, so no matter what, like first of all the the goal was to try and get the whole thing reinstated, and yeah. unfortunately, no, they could not get it reinstated. Uh, oh, because why? Why? Why would they? Okay, cool, interesting. Uh, but the members still go to the game dressed up, just are in the stands and doing their little uh, their little comedy routine. Okay. Uh, and the stuck-up PTA lady is like, hey, we told you you couldn't do this. And and the running joke is like, uh, you told me we couldn't do it officially, but we're here as just fans of the show that happen to be cross-dressers. Which is like, okay, all right, interesting loophole. It works. Uh, but then the lady's line is... Something to the effect of no, we d- no, we at the PTA respect transvestites, crossdressers, and uh, transgender people. And then the episode ends. Yeah, so it, it seems like you, it, it's one of those episodes where it feels like you can tell some of the things they were going for. Yes, but perhaps King of the Hill is not the best medium for no, these. I things. would say not. <laughs> I don't go to King of the Hill to talk about gender relations and the like. Don't get me wrong. Other 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 sitcoms, other cartoons, maybe they'd be able to handle it in a bit of a more nuanced and complex and articulate manner. But maybe King of the Hill isn't in that category for this. Yeah. The only thing so that it, I... So it's one of those things, like, it, it reminds me sort of of, um, oh, uh, a Christmas anime movie. Oh, Tokyo Godfathers. Tokyo Godfathers. It, it's reminiscent of that, where it's like, I can see what you're trying to do and i can appreciate the sentiment behind it but if if we look at it yeah it's a bit dated it's a bit dated is is what we're getting at and at least tokyo godfathers had actual like cultural influences yeah Uh, that that helps i could hardly call king of the hill culturally influenced (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's move on to another season 12 episode this time season 12 episode 7 uh tears of an inflatable clown this episode is stupid (laughs) run I don't know how many times I can say that before it stops being funny, but I, I don't know, man. Like, literally the whole episode is just Bobby's bored, so he wants to start a carnival, as you do. Yeah. And then the rest of the episode is just them trying to organize a carnival while Bobby takes the role of a boss uh, and trying to emulate his father a little bit, asking him for advice. And and it it starts talking about, you know, the Holocaust and internment camps at the middle point there, which is a little interesting. (laughs) I, hey, you you can't you cannot start a successful school carnival without taking these things into consideration. I mean, if you look at the history of carnivals, it's kind of not too far off, honestly. It's it's car- carnivals. Uh, I love the aesthetic. Historically, sort of fucked up. Uh, P.T. Barnum loved the idea of the man. Um, yeah, yeah. Greatest Showman is an okay musical. Yeah, it's it's a delightful musical. Uh, but just don't look too far into the historical details. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> no. Or do and realize, hmm, yeah, no, it's a good thing those don't exist anymore. Uh, yeah. But no, and it, because it, it's literally just the uh, carnival council, uh, a council of clowns, if you will, uh, being led by a really bad advice counselor. Yeah. 
and them trying to get the carnival set up, and it just, it, it goes well, it ends well. Bobby doesn't get any of the credit, but he's okay with it because, you know, he made it work out really well. Which, okay, cool, awesome, I guess. Sure, whatever. Meh. Well, there, there, there we go. Yeah. Uh, the next episode, Rem. Uh, next episode, we were now into season thirteen, episode seventeen. Um, so towards the end of of the last uh the last season, uh, and it's Manger Baby Einstein. I hate this episode, Rem. <laughs> Want to know why I hate this episode, Rem? Why? Cause guess who it's centered around? Good old Luann. Luann. And turns out Luann is a mother now. I wonder when that happened, but I can almost guarantee it was not a very wholesome occasion. <laughs> yeah, yep. So, so she she's a mother, but you know, maybe maybe it's a time for her to to mature as a character. Uh, you'd think that. Uh, but that's not what this episode's about. Uh, <laughs> because this episode is essentially she gets fired from her hairdressing job, which she enjoyed because she has a child. And guess what? Having kids can kind of throw things out of whack. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, kids are kids are like that. And uh, you shouldn't have kids unless you're really, really fucking prepared for it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she's depressed. Uh, and literally, my I don't know how to explain this without it sounding <laughs> super contrived and pointless. But the episode, the anime is literally just her figuring out she has a talent for putting on kids puppet shows and then becoming slightly famous about these kid puppet shows and then the puppets get murdered and then the episode ends. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think, think that sums it up with no possible clarifying questions needed, Sean. Uh, all you really need to know is Dale got jealous because he also wanted to uh, ruin kids' lives or something like that and so he <laughs> murdered the puppets. Uh, Dale, for those who don't know, is one of the alley boys. Yeah, he's one of the alley boys. He's kind of like the uh, he's like the the conspiracy theorist redneck character. Yeah, he's he's the pocket sand guy. You know, pocket sand. <laughs> oh god. All right. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on Manger Baby Einstein? Or, or I mean, at the end, she starts playing with her kid because throughout this whole like wanting to make kids program, she was just straight up neglecting her child. And at the end, she's. She gets a new puppet and plays with her child. That's that's how it ends. Uh, it's still really, really dumb. Uh, and the final episode, Rem. The <laughs> final, final episode. episode uh, it's the very next episode, season 13, episode 18, Uh-Oh, Canada. And my God, I would like to formally apologize <laughs> to all of our Canadian allies to the north of us. Uh, because if they saw this episode, they would probably not want to have anything else to do with us. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know that that relationship is a bit stressed right now as is, but I feel like this could be the tipping point. <laughs> yeah. Because the whole premise of this one, Rem, is guess what? Another new neighbor scenario. Oh man, I'm so glad they're trying new things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and one, the one alley boy that I haven't really mentioned, uh, I forget his name. Boomhauer. Uh, Boomhauer, yeah. Uh, I think he's my favorite. Uh <laughs> Very little Boomhauer in these 10 episodes, uh, but I will say he's my favorite on just because he's he has a gimmick and he sticks to it and it's pretty solid. It, uh, it, his, it's a good one. His gimmick is he he just kind of mumbles everything in a southern <laughs> accent. He's yeah. like, well, I got I to do what I got to do, man. You know what I'm saying? That's how he sounds, and I love it. <laughs> and, and, and it just, that's, that's his default state forever. Yeah, and it's pretty funny. Uh, and I will say the best joke in this episode actually comes from him as well. Uh, because he's doing a house exchange program, Boomhauer is, uh, for the summer. He goes, and he's going to Canada, and this Canadian family is coming to stay in his place. 
Uh, okay, cool. Interesting. Uh, we get to see a conservative Texas man uh, interact with some Canadians. There could be some good humor in here, you know, poking a little fun on both sides of the fence. Yeah. But this is so entirely one-sided against the Canadians, and I feel <laughs> awful about it. <laughs> Because it starts with them hitting it off, which is a common theme. It's like, ah, oh, the new neighbors, we're going to we're gonna have a good time with it. And it's great. They invite them to things. But then they just do little tiny things that I, they attribute to a Canadian cultural difference. <laughs> when in actuality, I think it's just them being kind of neglectful and stupid. Like, but they still seem to attribute it to them being Canadian, which uh, is... Ah, you know, as you do. Good old, good old ethnic stereotypes. Like, because there's literally the, the breaking point of this scene is literally they're having an outdoor beer party uh, and they lend uh, the husband of the family, I don't care about his name, he's just the Canadian husband, uh, Boomhauer's personalized beer stein. Uh, he drinks like half of it and then as he's leaving with his family, he just sets it in a flower bush, half full, <laughs> and then goes home. And that that's the tipping point. Uh, uh, well, okay, that's not entirely the tipping point. That's the start of the tipping point. The The immediate tipping point after that infraction is that a very angry cop shows up and, and is yelling at them for a noise complaint. Uh, but here's the thing. The entire neighborhood is at Hank's place except for the Canadians. <laughs> so they literally went home and filed a noise complaint. Hell yeah. And I'm sorry, Canada. I personally love you. I would love to visit your country one day when we're, there's not a fucking pandemic around. And I love all your culture. I love everything about it. But this episode makes you guys look like dicks, and I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The, that great Canadian stereotype of them being total assholes. We've, we've all heard it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Like, it, it just seems so weirdly formatted. And I will say the only comedy in this is... Occasionally, it'll cut away to Boomhauer up in Canada, and he's just getting it on with this French-Canadian chick, and it's very hilarious. And the final joke of the of the Boomhauer segment is literally just, uh, he speaks fluent French. <laughs> that got a good laugh out of me. <laughs> this guy who can hardly speak English, English. frankly. Speaks fluent just... French and makes love to a French-Canadian woman, and it is fucking hilarious. That is probably the best joke in the whole ten episodes I saw. And I'm like, ah, I see why these are the worst episodes, because they don't have Boomhauer. <laughs> yeah, fun fact, every single other episode other than these ten, all like 200-some-odd, they're just, it's it's actually the Boomhauer show, uh, fun fact. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, so, so Sean. Um, yeah. I, I want your opinions on a few things. First of all, uh... Given the fact that you saw the 10 absolute worst episodes of King of the Hill, what is your opinion, not just of these 10 episodes, but if you had to try and infer about King of the Hill uh, in its entirety? Uh, honestly, Rem, the war King, based on these 10 episodes, I'm going to tell you right now, King of the Hill makes one of the greatest sins on the face of the planet when it, oh, comes, to, when it comes to animated comedies. Yeah. A good 60% of the time, man, it's boring. <laughs> it's so yeah. boring. And yeah. I mean, I understand that these are the 10 worst episodes, but I was in such a fugue state watching them and taking notes, which I never thought I'd have to take notes on King of the Hill. I never thought <laughs> that. <laughs> 
You're one of the few. It was so boring most of the time, and when it wasn't boring, it was frustrating, and then there's that, like, 10% of the time where I got a laugh or a chuckle. If this is the worst the show has to offer, I think that this is probably an okay show, but you gotta pick and choose your episodes, man. Like, since it's an episodic series, I didn't feel lost jumping in randomly as much as I should have, but if you go into it with the mindset that it's commentary on, you know, conservative old-school Americans and there's some good jokes here and there... I imagine it's an okay show, but based on my experience, I don't want to watch anymore. <laughs> so so more or less, it, it, it's saying that it, there might be some decent episodes, but if, if you're watching King of the Hill, you are free to skip some episodes. If, if you aren't jiving with them, nothing will be lost. I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and say most of the episodes, just based on my experience. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, now, Sean, I also want to ask, so you saw the 10 worst I want a declaration here and now, Sean. In your opinion, uh, let the people know which is the single worst King of the Hill episode. We, we've condensed it down to 10. Now I want you to give the definitive proof one episode worse than all the others that will stand as the single worst King of the Hill episode of all time. Oh, they're all pretty bad, Ram. They're all pretty bad. But but I want to know the worst one, Sean. Honestly, I think I'm gonna go with, you know, just based on the sheer principle of bad parenting alone, uh, I'm probably just gonna go with the normal genes episode. <laughs> Simply due to the fact that my God, no parent would be this petty towards their child doing something good and that they enjoy. Like, uh, that alone it, infuriated it, 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 me. So, it, it's the episode not only soured your opinion on Peggy, but also stands at the worst episode of all time. Look, man, like, it had one okay chuckle moment in it, and then the rest of it was just making Peggy out to be a victim, even though she is very clearly an offenser. And I, I, I do not stand for this, like, this bullshit, that kind of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let, let's let's end things right, Sean, uh, with one final question. Would, would you like to watch any of, of King of the Hill at all uh, with me moving forward? Maybe the, the best episodes, the highlight reels. I mean, I'll do it if you actually watch the show, Rem. Because <laughs> I ain't watching it by myself ever again. Because fuck that noise. Like if it's on like at a sports bar or something, which I very obviously go to on the regular because I love sports, Rem. So much. I love like on the sports bar. Oh, look at all these sports and King of the Hill. Look, man, is from what I know of sports bars, is that really too far-fetched? This was on fucking Fox. Come on. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I, I think that that's fair, Sean. Well, I would like to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. Uh, we, we really appreciate you. And if you would like to signal your support and appreciation for the podcast, then please leave us a review on wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, especially Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Podbean. We really appreciate it. It helps spread our name out, or if you really, really want to show your appreciation and have the spare cash, then we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash anime out of context, all sorts of perks out there, literal dozens of hours of extra bonus content uh, is just out there on the Patreon for you to listen to right now, as well as getting the opportunity for us this time, Sean, to brutally butcher your name. So, uh, Sean, what, what Patreon, what patrons do we have to thank this week? 
as always, we'd love to express our love and appreciation to all of our bland bitch protagonists and our magical girls, but we have to move on to our yandere waifus who would definitely uh, force us to watch the worst episodes of King of the Hill, uh, <laughs> but then uh, comfort us afterwards, just increasing that, you know, that dependency. Oh, of course. Uh, and on of those people, we I would like to thank uh, Cheese, inappropriate Joey Wheeler, Monkey, <laughs> uh, Danny Morabito, Sarah Birch, Kazu Morocco, inappropriate Joey Wheeler. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> hey, uh, Yooks, I got I got some some propane accessories. Yay! Juliana, Salty Pretzel, Glenn Michael Dolan, Jacob Livingston, Hwood. Uh, farmer, when I was a kid, my mother told me I could be anyone I... Oh, God, I just lost the thing. Where'd it go? <laughs> okay. Uh, farmer, when I was a kid, my mother told me I could be anyone I wanted to be. Turns out, identity theft is a crime. Weeb. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, li- I like good that. Uh, Alexander Nasinsenio. Oh, God. That is a hard name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean, every th- Evangelion is trash. Get over it. Uh, no, and that's not how you spell my name. I especially <laughs> like how they added an umlaud to it. That's yeah, very nice. It, it's like it's like a French version of your name. Yes. Uh, actually, the French version of my name is Jean. But that's besides the point. Little Jean. Uh, Andrew Rowicky, Devin McCutcheon, uh, Reverse Kismo Kismo. Put out merch already. I want reasons to give you money. Uh, Sean Onichan Baka Uwu. Uh, Ready to be Isekai'd. Remington Merrill. Uh, oh God. Uh, my dearest Remington, a phoenix belongs with a reaper. Glory to Takamori forever. <laughs> I mean, I agree, but that's besides the point. Uh, Apostle of the Church of Remington. Snap Sniffs. Ichigo Simp 015. Uh, sc- <laughs> uh, Scoopy Loopy Boopy Doopy Hoopy Goopy Oopy. Uh, that's cute. I like that. Uh, 13 Mortars in a Stormlord. Go fuck yourself, Xenos. Don't understand. It's okay. Uh, Remington is not a, mo- a man of culture, Fox and Boy. Andrew Sinclair. Wait, I, I should mention Fox and Boy. Not to yep. in- interrupt Sinclair. Fox and Boy, he- he's the one responsible. Oh, fuck you, Fox and Boy. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, though. But also, fuck you. It's a, it's a fuck of love. Oh, God, that sounds weird. That sounds <laughs> don't, weird. Don't I'm so sorry. Man, I'm so sorry, Fox and Boy. I take it back. I'm, I apologize. Oh, God. Oh, no. This is, this is the, the Cassidy shout-out all over again. I still oh, feel God. bad about that one. Oh, same. Uh, Jax, Dark Swarm 713, Kitty, uh, Redneck Weeb. Oh, you must have loved this episode, I bet. Uh, Inuasha is my favorite cryptid. Ariel Bird. Rem, listen to me. If the words redo of killer come out of Sean's mouth, uh, it's April Fool's take over the episode. Not a joke. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to bite this one in the bud right now. Never doing redo of healer. Uh, not going to waste our time on oh, that. Oh, God. That bad, huh? Jesus. Uh, basically, mate, it's, it's a very specific brand of hentai that somehow got a TV series. Oh, God. And, and it's not, it's not worth our time. Uh, Lonely Geek 23. Kyle Welsh, Darth Pikachu, Elise Howard, Hanakawa, Nick Harvey, <laughs> Yamate Kudasai. Uh, that's stop, please. Essentially, if I'm if I'm, my weeb speak is uh, correct. Uh, go- ghostly Bishi, Duck. Uh, that guy that makes you say cunt on your podcast. Not the first time. Said it in the past. Cynical Witch, Christian Crawford, Brent Adams. Sequoia Faye, thank you all so much for turning in. We, uh, not tuning in, but thank you so much. We really love and appreciate all of you. There are a lot of you, Rem. I did not realize there were so many of them. There's so fucking many, which you is like, all- I love and appreciate. But yeah, no, there's, there's a lot. I hope you have 
some Harry Potter themed bullshit for the next one because I got a streak going and you better not fucking break it. It's not my streak though, Rem. <laughs> Cowardice! <laughs> Look, Rem, you scraped the barrel so cleanly that we have now emerged in another dimension. We have been isekai'd because you've ran out of fucking, of fucking Harry Potter related uh, boy wizard tier shenanigans. Um, but let me, let me come up with something. Have you done a potion ingredients? Uh, I, I don't think so. I mean, because propane's it. kind of like a potion. <laughs> my, my favorite potion. Ah, yes, wizards and witches, it's time to brew some propane. If you cast incendio on it, you'll get a surprise. All right, yeah, give give everyone some, some Yeah, so all of our lovely boy wizards are going to get a potion ingredient. <laughs> uh, spicy Log Horizon is one of the best written isekai. Use the bullshit rule hot take. You get... <laughs> it's the first one I saw, so there we go. Uh, you get alcohol. <laughs> yeah, it's a used, in, used in Elixir 7 and Pepper Up. Congra uh, congra congratulations, there you go. Uh, believe me, I wish I had some. Uh, Miguel De Leon, you get... Bat spleen, no, and you can use spleen. it in a swelling solution. I'll let you use your imagination oh, as to what that's oh, for. Oh. Uh, Pilkster, the Simpho Gear Advocate. Uh, you're gonna get a Bezor because that one actually had plot relevance and is very useful, uh, historically speaking, uh, and like fantasy speaking. It's very fascinating. Uh, rare. Okay, all right, here we go. Uh, rare Watashi ni Tenshi ga Mori. Uh. Mayorita is the cutest show ever of all time, Kumiko. Ugh. You get, you get butterscotch. Oh, that's pleasant. Yeah, sweet substance used in the dottle draught. I don't know what the dottle draught is, but butterscotch, you can't be, you can't be upset about that, I don't think. Uh, I call Bondrude daddy. Bondrude. Bondrude? I, bon I say Bondrude, but it is... Bondrood. I, I, I let, let's Google. Let's finally get, give him just like bone dust or something. I think that's appropriate. Oh, oh, okay. Bondrood. It's from Made in Abyss. So whatever the oh, fuck that is. Oh, oh, right. Oh, now I remember. Oh, I see. Oh, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, based on that, you get. <laughs> I was gonna give him just bone, but I'm gonna give him Boomberry because I like the name. It, <laughs> It's used in the Wiganweld potion. Oh, perfect, perfect. Uh, Enrique Perez Torres. Uh, oh God. Hey, Enrique, don't do not draw any parallels between yourself and the King of the Hill episode. I'm sure you are nothing like that episode. <laughs> uh, you get uh dragonfly thorax, mostly because Ooh. that's fun to say and it sounds mysterious. Uh, when toasted, can be used in the girding potion and the dragon dung and dragon dung fertilizer. I'm sorry. How do you <laughs> toast it? Hmm? How 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 does one toast? No, I mean you just a get thorax. you just get a toaster and you just you just stick it in. I, I imagine gonna, that's gonna burn immediately. I don't know, man. I, I'm not an expert on toasting bugs. <laughs> All right, I continue. Uh, empty the poet. You get. Uh, exploding fluid. Ooh. Uh, it's what gives the erumpent horn its explosive property. <laughs> but of course. Yes. Uh, dedicated sadist, I'm gonna give you flobberworm mucus. Because everybody remembers the flobberworm scenes from the books, and everybody loves the flobberworm scenes from the books. Uh, it's a vital ingredient for the Wigan Weld Potion, Cure for Boils, Herbicide Poison, and Sleeping Draught. So it's multi-purpose. You just gotta deal with flobberworms. That's just, that's the downside. Uh, the brown mamba. You're gonna get... <laughs> You're gonna get gravy. 
used in fake protective potions. So it's not really a potion ingredient, but is it though? Is it? <laughs> if it's used in a fake potion, doesn't that make it a, fa- a potion I, ingredient? I don't even understand. What, what does it mean to say that it's used in a fake potion? What? It, anything can be a fake invisibility potion. Yeah, but hey, it's listed as a potion ingredient on the official Harry Potter wiki. So, so you know right, what? Okay. I'm going to accept it. Okay. Uh, Lollicon John, the fourth of cell block B, uh, where you should stay. No offense, uh, but we appreciate your support. Uh, you're going to get hemlock. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, poisonous plant used in doxyside. So you can use it to get rid of some, some doxies, you know? Oh, my God. Uh, and definitely not anything else. Sweet Jesus. Well, hold on oh, now, no. Sean. Oh, now yeah. You've, that... you've moved up? I have moved up. I've moved on to the, the uh, our, our joke tier uh, that I'm still frustrated by uh, all these years later. Uh, but we are currently in the White House Chef and Omusko tier. Uh, and I, I, I'll make a recommendation. I would say you should give them all propane accessories. I don't know what a propane accessory is, though, Rem. Here's the thing. I think you should just make up propane-related, like, aesthetic accessories. <laughs> all right. So, like, barbecue earrings <laughs> and the like. So, wait, wait, not even... That, that's what I'm giving to you. Okay. You know what? Sure. Fine. Uh, I For our Chef No Musco tier, everybody's going to get some propane and or propane accessories. Uh, <laughs> Only one of them will will get just propane who oh, will oh. who will it be yes uh imoto ahegao uwu remoni chan bababaka uh you get you get a a propane pendant it's just a a lovely little necklace with a nice <laughs> little uh chemical propane symbol on it it's very good beautiful beautiful mm-hmm. comes in pink uh <laughs> uncreative cretin you get uh <laughs> this is stupid uh you get the propane self-defense kit <laughs> Complete with a baseball bat tipped with a miniature propane canister for all of your self-defense needs. Um, a great, a great propane accessory, that. Yeah. All right, one, one of our final two, they're going to get the, the propane. Uh, Zachary Shirley was referencing what you thought I was referencing, and I subscribed. You surely, surely, Zachary Shirley, you've been with us for so long. Surely you deserve the golden propane canister itself. You are the oh, propane shit. that you gets. Are the- that is your new superpower. You may now call yourself propane man. <laughs> The magical propane that gives you uh, the power over propane and all propane accessories. Personally, down. It, it, it's the hero. He's not against pain. He's propane. Uh, oh, and lastly, Silicon Spectre, you get you get some propane cologne just so that your family beautiful. knows that you know how to barbecue. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, well done on all all sides, Sean. Thank you all so much. We really your Patreon support is actually what is able to keep us going and making this ridiculous, ridiculous show, and we love and appreciate you all for it. All right, now. And if you'd contact. like to contact us directly, you can head on over to you can send an email to animeoutofcontext at gmail.com or head on over to our Twitter at AnimeComPod for all your uh, suggestions or if you just want to tell us something neat. We like it when people tell us something neat. <laughs> well, once again, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you listening. And as always, don't fuck your sister. Generally speaking, a good amount of professional athletes fuck pigs. That is quite an accusation. It's a it's a fuck of love.
I'm saying you should punch children. <laughs> I'm definitely saying that. I can fuck you like a fucking prick, you book. <laughs>